We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, Rocket Mortgage Classic, picks, bets, preview, recap the Travelers Championship and everything else in between. A reminder to you out there to smash the like button for the episode. Give me your favorite long shot bet down in the comment section. Sub to Mayo Media Network. All of the final bets and final info and updated you know, stuff that happens throughout the week. Like the weather is all available in the newsletter coming out for free on Wednesday evening. You can get the link down in the description to go sub to that now. So you can just have it emailed to you. Make it easy on yourself. Jeff Feinberg is on the line. We missed out last week. My guy won in Europe. Paul's guy won in America and neither of us bet them. That's. I thought you might have had Lawrence. I wasn't sure. I didn't like want to ask you because that yeah. would be like borderline trolling from like, you know, betters, no betters. And, and you don't ask a guy like if you didn't see anything come up and I'm, I'm not going to poke that. Um, Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm more shocked about Paul and, and maybe Keegs. I don't feel like I missed any of them. I don't like ride or die this thirsty Lawrence. And I'm never really bet Keegs, although I'm always happy for him. So there it is. Do you think this gets, I mean, I, I went and looked at the updated Ryder Cup standings, and they're not updated from 
now for like after the Travelers Championship, at least on the site, it's not updated. And I'm going to have a bigger discussion about the Ryder Cup on tomorrow's show with EPAT uh, before we get to Tambo breaking down the DraftKings picks on Wednesday. But I think he's a really good fit for this course in Rome. Yeah, he's a great fit. He's a better fit than like Cam Young. Yeah, Cam, um, Cam Young is it, not on this team. <laughs> and some other bodies that have kind of held their name in in um, in pole position, at least by ranking. Yeah, it seems like a good fit. Like if it has now if, steamed if, up the board, they, they all just kill. Ricky's playing great, but these guys who now I guess just pass him, auto pass him, winning these tournaments. That's Crusher. Like Ricky's dead now. Yeah, I mean, he, playing he, he virtual, to, playing awesome. He needs to win. He needs to win this week, have like a top five at the Open, and then he's back at least in the conversation. But that's two wins for Keegan during this Ryder Cup period because he won in Japan during the swing season last year. He's had some good like majors performances too. He kind of peters out towards the end. I, I was just thinking back. I was looking at the leaderboard at the Italian Open this year, the one that Moronk won. And I'm like, Keegan's kind of like good Moronk, so that's a perfect fit. Keegan is Billy Horschel with a major. Like, they win quality events. They have, like, this really nice resume of great events. Obviously, Keegan has the major, so his resume is better. But, like, the hometown event for Keegan is plus an elevated. Like, that's a... That's a half major to a guy like Keegan. It's a lot of money for Keegan Bradley, for one thing. I'm just looking at his career. A lot of money for Zach Blair. He made more money this week than I think he had in his previous six years or something like that. Incredible. I mean, that's maybe part of the magic. Maybe we shouldn't, like, why no cut or the cuts are fun and letting those guys in. I'm also weirded out. How did he even get in this event in the first place? I believe he qualified for it. And it's funny because I, I pointed to the Valspar having considerable crossover with the Travelers Championship. And obviously that's the place where he went full Keegan. But it's also like the only other spot Zach Blair has played well this year. It's like miscut, miscut. Somehow he had a top 10 at the Valspar. <laughs> Whatever. Great for him. It's, it's fun. Like when he was first busting on and Johnny Miller would talk about him all the time because their sons were friends. Uh, you know, like now Zachy's back and he looks like phil kessel even more it's great but yeah this Ryder cup thing is it's pretty interesting although if you're a fan of europe and you're like they're talking about keegan like maybe that also makes you be like oh i don't know bring keegan you want to bring keegan bring keegan it all depends on whether the live guys are actually eligible to play or not because there's no world where they're not taking dustin over keegan if he's eligible to be picked like brooks is on the team he's gonna go i don't know about the other guys looking at keegan's career wins he won the byron nelson in 2011 it was also the same year he won the pga championship and then he won the zozo earlier this year just hold on a second i I have it fucking in front of me here just give me a moment but you're going in career no i'm not going in career order i have a point to this Okay, sorry. Sorry, started at Nelson. Sorry. Byron Nelson, he wins. The Zozo, he wins. Two lesser type events. And you're right. The other ones that he has are like really quality events. He won the BMW Championship, a playoff event in 2018. He won the WGC Bridgestone the year after he won the PGA Championship. And now he has an elevated event. Like he only has the six wins, but four of them are against the best of the best. Yeah. He's sort of, again, I think about him sometimes like I think about Horschel, another guy who I never bet, but they got this weird way, and in some ways it felt like Horschel at Memorial 
um, last year, just like just waxing these guys, just waxing them. And based on the the course history and the number, maybe that's something I should have swam around. I will say this elevated events thing, Pat, it's kind of really thrown me for a loop in some respects. In some ways, like I bet them like I would want to bet the bigger end events thinking the good players win. That's sort of the pattern we've gotten. But again, this coming out of a major, I think allows really opens the door a bit more and we keep, we're seeing it. We're seeing it. So yeah, great for great for Keegs. And that was fun. You know, they, they were riding the kids all week from round one. So it was good to see that paid off at the end. And I loved seeing the tournament gave the kids little trophies. I love that shit. So yeah, what a win. Hometown event? I was like Nick Taylor. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of that. Here's the crazy thing with Keegan, because we know for years, like when you look at all of his career rounds, he's a career loser on the greens. But in his past 20 events, he's gaining an average of 3.1 strokes on the green, mainly. And we talk about, like, who are the guys who have spike putting weeks out of nowhere? Gained seven strokes putting this week at the Memorial, gained 5.4 at the Farmers earlier this year in just three rounds, gained seven on the greens. Now, this is a guy who would once, like, drop strokes on the green in 18 straight events. So he has done something with his putter that it's not overly consistent, although it's getting to be more consistent from time to time. Like very rarely do you see him just drop six strokes like he used to over the course of two rounds. But it it's very reminiscent of what Webb Simpson did when he got his game back together, how he went from being a class putter, won a major very early in the aughts, or the aughts, the teens, whatever the hell we're calling it. And then just, he didn't necessarily go away. He was around, but the dude couldn't fucking putt to save his life. And then all of a sudden, he's the best putter on the planet. Like, Keegan has been pretty amazing on and around the greens over the past four months. I don't know what's happened. That's a great comp, at least in our little window of, um, yeah, a great, great resume. Uh, took And Keegan even admitted it took him way longer than he thought to get comfortable and i guess even the old putter thing was never comfortable for keegan um yeah i i like that i didn't think about that one bit but i can as you said that that sort of rang true to me former major champion never like totally disappeared didn't hit rock bottom but in terms of like winning was sort of abandoned from that because he could never get any sort of like hot putting weeks going and and if he's found it maybe there's more there for for keegan and took a lot of notoriety this weekend but he has gone to the aim point it's obviously worked for him um he tilted a lot of people including the broadcast and i didn't see much of bro beautiful's uh weekend here between this and next week and the john deere uh, this might be like the window where i actually see the least amount of weekend golf because I'm not going to do things. I'm not going to pretend to sit here and like I was glued. I was glued. I mean, I always glued to golf Thursday and Friday just because it's on during the day. I film and then I go like watch a bunch of golf. But on the weekend, like I had two birthday parties with my kids this week. I I snuck out on the golf course. I had like a a four hour period where I can get out and I quit after nine. Uh, It was one of the worst experiences I ever had playing golf. It was awful. 
like because you played poorly or I wasn't pl- I wasn't playing great. I went to Minnesota and played with you Moose. Just felt rushed. And, like no, just, no, no, no. It was the guy. I, I my course the oh. tee sheet was full, so I was like, all right. So my friend and I, who I'm a member with out there, we'll go to this other course. It's probably the hardest course around, but it's really nice. Uh, and I've tended to play it well over time. And I wasn't striking it poorly. I wasn't striking it good at the same time. Although I said my game has kind of been in shambles since I went and played in Minnesota. Just something is off. I went to the two courses this week uh, up at the north end of the province, two really nice links courses. And just I didn't play well at all. I couldn't chip to save my life and just... You know when things start get yeah things start getting bad with your golf game until you get the one thing whatever it is corrected it's just going to kind of spiral until that gets corrected I feel like I'm in the middle of that right now so I need to go to the range and work out what's going on here to get back to where I was like three weeks ago either way I got paired up with these two guys my buddy didn't make it at the last second so it's me and these other two guys nice enough fellas uh, I'll give them that but it might as well have been playing with like Paul Easinger. He had commentary on every fucking shot. And like, I was, I, I, he was too nice. I couldn't say anything to him, but it was just aggravating me. And there's nothing worse when some guy you don't know is trying to like, here's an example uh, on number two. It's a shortish par three. It's like 140 yards. And I hit one, didn't go straight. It went like right left to right. And I was like, I need it to clear this bunker. I'll be fine. I'll be on the right side of the green. And it's very clearly going from left to right. And he's just saying there, it's like, it's got to get left. It's like, it's not going to go fucking left, man. It's clearly slicing to the fucking right. It's just like, I, I'm losing my mind. I, did, I yelled at Cust once for it. Like I just, I completely sculled a chip across the green. He's like, oh, that's got to slow down. It's like, no fucking shit, Cust. It needs a fucking slow down. It's in the goddamn bunker across the fucking green. And I was just losing my mind the entire time. You know how angry I can get and very momentarily. And it was just taking all I had in not to yell at this guy because he was too nice. And like, I don't know, just it was just when you're not playing well, little things can set you off. And this was just sending me down like a fury spiral. I just had to stop after nine because I didn't want to have to yell at the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that just, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it's a very stupid thing. It just it was. No, just, I hate get- getting out there. I don't like playing bad company. Go- like. Golf can be hard enough. So you're out there. You're not enjoying your company, you know, just the little things. And I'm not good enough or strong enough to overcome some of that stuff. So, yeah, if something bothers me and I'm with like a stranger and you can't like at least if it's your friend, you can tell him to like fuck off. Yeah, like, yeah, fuck, exactly. Yeah. If it's cussed, I, I can like, tell yeah, him to go fuck you feel himself. comfortable to just. Yeah, you can tell him you can be rude for like you can just tell him how you feel and then it's like over and he won't like hold the grudge. And yeah. I know what you mean. I was a sacrificial lamb this weekend golfing because I was playing better than my friend who I never play better than uh, again. And then it got to the point where he's being golf sad. So what did I have to do to like flip around the golf sad with five holes left? I'm like, all right, let's you want to like play for something. So yeah, we put something on it and then boom, like he just pars in. (laughs) I like couldn't do anything and I'm not going to beat you. I'm going to lose my, like we play some bogey golf. You, you're going to make your par in You're you're going to take my money. I'm not good enough to overcome that. Um, but again, I was like, you know, he even thanked me. He didn't even take the money. Cause he's like, I think he did that. Cause, uh, and the match was over before 18. And part of me is like, should we double or nothing this on 18? And I'm like, yeah, but if I lose a hundred, he's really going to become looking for the money. And then on 18, he's like, yeah, I think you just did that to like get me to like play better. So thank you. You don't have to play me. Like he was so mad at himself. 
So I guess that worked out. But yeah. under Keegan doing aim point from three feet, that really is pissing people off, including the broadcast, Pat. If he's made, listen, if, I don't like it. I think the aim point's ridiculous. But if you know how to do it, it seems to really work for a lot of these guys. So if I'm playing for $5 million, I'm going to do it. Listen, if it's working, it's helping. I think they just want it banned from inside a certain footage. I think. Yeah, if it's really causing a pace of play issue, then I completely understand it. But if it's not, who fucking cares? To me, everything causes a pace of play issue. And again, it's one of these things. Keegan is is always slow. But as we've sort of talked about, maybe on last week's show, there might be the place where you are a little slower, but there's probably like eight, like everything else you do on the golf course, you're doing faster. So I don't want to pick on you for doing that. But I don't know. Speaking of slow players, have you seen these stories about this uh, Pat Pat Cantley mutiny attempt going on here versus the PGA Tour? No, I didn't. What is this? So apparently Cantley, who is, as we know, been very sly, and we've sort of spoken about it, um, how he's like very carefully played both sides of Liv and PGA going back to the beginning. He's been rumored. He's been flirting with them from go, essentially, while at the same time being on the PGA like council or the like advisory board or, or part of that. Well, he's leading this mutiny now to, in some ways, turn on the merger because um, maybe he still wants his like full paycheck offer. But he, as golfers, he sees the competition as a good thing for them. Like he thinks like two competing bodies for them and for their money or, you know, to pay them is beneficial to to maybe him. Um, but, yeah, he is leading apparently a strong campaign against this sucker, I like which it. is funny and weird. I, I really like it. I mean, I think we've spoken before that Patrick Cantlay really could elevate himself up the not necessarily popularity charts, but the notoriety charts by really filling that void that a lot of the live guys left, like all the hated guys went to live. Cantlay could easily fill that role. That's that's what he should be doing here. Be be the main PGA Tour villain. Well, and I feel like we have kind of spoken about it before, but in different terms. In hindsight, yes, they all should have gone to live. Cantley definitely should have gone to live for no other reason than um, outside. All this has shown, Pat, is that golfers have a very self-inflated sense of their worth. They think they're worth a lot of money. Um, and it appears in a normal ecosystem, they're not worth nearly as much they, as they think, and they think they're worth a lot. And Patrick Cantley is probably the epitome of guys who, as you say, like we say, can even, you know, a filing cabinet is more entertaining. He's boring as shit. The inflated self-sense of worth of a guy like Patrick Cantley, who's like boring as fuck, is probably also what's driving the PGA broke. I mean, are they not worth it or are they worth it? Because I have no idea the sense of financials that the PGA Tour has. Like, they claim to be broke, but then they're not broke. And, like, people can point to Liv and how much money there is. Like, oh, Liv is, you know, really the big winner here. They're the big winner here because 
they have the deepest pockets. Like, they literally cannot go broke with the amount of money they have. But let's not try to pretend like Liv is turning a profit off to all of this money. They're not even coming close to breaking even. They're just, just a money pit uh, of paying these players' salaries that aren't worth it. Like, I, I don't know what the actual worth is for these golfers. Like, take Tiger out of the equation, because Tiger is legitimately worth that, and he we knew he was worth that because Nike would give him all this money. Any endorsement company in the world is begging to have Tiger on their side because he moves the needle. And outside of really, like, Phil, maybe Rory, maybe Spieth, like, are any of these guys, like, how much is Scotty Scheffler actually worth besides what he wins? Yeah, that's a big part of it. I don't know what they're worth. Uh, and you could probably add Ricky to that short list of guys that might actually be able to be worth something, that their their true likeness is worth a lot of money. I don't know what Scotty Scheffler's likeness is. Um, there is a is, a big tie-in for him, by the way. All he needs to do, remember when PXG started running all those ads, like they came out of nowhere and then they signed like Zach Johnson and like someone else and it didn't really work out for them. But they had, they created like a niche in the market. There should be like a PXG type company that just comes from nowhere, develops a putter and does a deal with Scotty Scheffler. And if he just randomly starts putting well through like a four month stretch, they'll sell a billion putters. Yeah, he should. Yeah, for sure. He, he should get equity yeah, and get every equity. stick sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, sudden, I, boom, he's a... Yeah, he, I think he's already won like 18 million or something like that this year. I mean, he sells uh, 3 million putters. He's going to be worth a lot more than that. I mean, he's Tiger Woods if he can putt. Yeah, so putt, if Tiger. he can learn to putt, he's, you win and you get to become like Roger Federer then. Like good guy, Tiger Woods. Sure. Like whatever. I mean, Ty, I mean Tiger, Tiger Woods was good guy, Tiger Woods, until he wasn't good guy, Tiger Woods. I think we forget, <laughs> I, I, we forget about that. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you're right. It's hard to really know what they are worth, but it does seem pretty obvious that um, their self sense, they're probably not worth as much as they think because they think they're worth like a hell of a lot. And that's probably before live before live. But but this new model can't sustain them, it seems, of, you know, paying these insane purses. The sponsors were like, no, we want no part of this. Or the sponsors were saying, like, why do we have to triple our purses? FedEx is, like, your main sponsor. It's practically, you know, it's huge stakes with Saudis. 3M this week, huge stakes with Saudis. Like, why do we have to pretend? All we're doing by playing your moral game is costing us so much money and purses that don't seem to be worth it for us as sponsors. There are some guys who left who's, like, it's not an artificial worth, but it's just very specific worth. Like, Hideki is worth a lot because of the Japanese market that he commands. It really seems like Cam Smith had that hold in Australia as well. I'm sure Adam Scott had it before that, or even potentially Jason Day. Although I don't feel like Jason Day was as big of a star as Adam Scott was coming onto the scene, winning the Players' Championship at 21 years old, and he's been a mainstay for 20 years now. Day got his major, but so did Cam Smith. He also won the Players, just like uh, Jason Day did. But he seems to be a more popular figure, at least at this point in time. So they're selected guys because... Of the notoriety that they have in their own country and the ability to dominate that market that I do think really elevates them up how much their worth actually is. I'm starting to think that there was no live deal for Cantley. Okay, maybe that's the case. And you're right, Pat. Like, Mike Weir, his worth in Canada for like a 20-year window, and he's got legacy worth as well in Canada would be worth more than like players who are way better than him and maybe even more accomplished. But yeah, that's a finicky thing. 
But unlike in other sports, Hideki doesn't own the rights to sell PGA Tour TV rights in Japan. Like, no, he has nothing to do with that. No, but if he was on live, then all of a sudden they would probably get a TV contract in Japan. And Kadeki could make into his live contract that he gets a big cut of that live con of that live TD deal, Ugh, TV deal. So you are, yeah, in many ways you're right. And to say live is the winner, I don't know that live is the winner because I don't know that it's going to exist. The winners are obviously the guys who wanted a seat at the table and bought it. Yeah, so, so they, I mean, that, that, they get what they want. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about live. Is there yeah. the the PFL? Is that what it's called? Yeah, and I don't know, man. Maybe they'll come for the Chargers. Like, these family-owned teams, Pat, like, they are so prime for the Saudis to just come in and be like, here's way more than your franchise is worth. Like, you don't have money. Your team isn't owned by, like, a conglomerate, like Home Depot or Walmart. Your team is owned by a family, like the Davises, the Spanoses, even the Roonies and the Maras. The Saudis could go off for the bus family, $12 billion for the Lakers. That's where their money is. They don't own anything else. I see, that would be the best investment that the Saudis could make would be buying the Lakers. These family-owned teams. How much would the Lakers I'm sell for? Because didn't the Sun sell for $6 billion or something like that? Like, the Lakers have to be worth at least double that, you'd, you'd think. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I'm t these teams where the money, the team is what the family owns. That's the family's source of income, not the family's toy. Those teams are the ones the Saudis are going to come after in each league. Those are the ones. Those are the ones. Uh, I don't know if the leagues will let them, but like you buy into the NHL, you can slow roll into the other leagues, right? Isn't that how it'll work? They'll probably test their NHL franchise. Uh, well, get in. Uh, the NHL has dropped to such a point where the the tester league is now like the nhl or the mls you're right the tester is probably mls for north american sports the nhl is you're right you're right like let's test how the american public will handle us buying a team league is probably mls not hockey you're, you're well, probably bang on. It, it might be high i'm saying that it, i mean before it would be like to put the and i'm sure nhl franchises are still worth way more but just at least from the public perception of the nhl versus the mls right now i i feel like the nhl is closer to the mls than it is to baseball basketball or football like the, anyone who calls it the big four anymore is probably canadian because the nhl just doesn't mean anything i think that's unequivocally the truth I couldn't even debate that. They're close. Yeah, they're not close to third. They're closer to sixth than they are to third. Um, I'd be curious to know what the, because obviously NFL is number one. What is number two? Is it college football? <laughs> it's probably college football. When you look at those rankings where they show the top watch programs of the year, it's like 94% NFL, 5% college and then one percent like tentpole award shows yeah like the oscars yeah the other ones probably don't yeah people don't even watch yeah so what and the oscars used to probably be way higher like on those lists but now it's like honestly in the middle of the pack like who gives a shit well and i'm wrong and it's interesting to pit mlb versus nba because i think domestically the mlb is probably bigger than the nba like they'll spike bigger ratings unless it's unless it's LeBron versus Steph in the finals, the World Series, I think, still does better numbers than the NBA finals. Just, you know, internationally, the NBA crushes MLB. Yeah. I mean, the NA, the NBA has, like, a regular season that's essentially just eight months of Twitter fodder. 
Yeah, they're like exhibition games. <laughs> yeah, it works. You know, stars play almost like get less. No other businesses gives you like less for more, but the NBA's found a way. Like stars play less. They play less minutes, they play less often. Um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever whatever works for them. But in this world where there's only like eight properties that are worth real money television-wise, the NBA being one of them, they all get these enormous deals that make the leagues seem like probably more powerful or probably more popular than they actually are. But it's just the basis of there's only so limited things that are worth anything to TV and the advertisers who pay the money for TV. Oh, 100%. And basketball was kind of catching up to where baseball got to when they negotiated their, you know, after the strike, I think it was in 94, and the players actually got the huge piece of the pie, and then everyone just started making hundreds of millions of dollars. Basketball's there now, too. Yeah, but, you know, to go roundabout to the conversation we were having, and maybe this tournament is more shit that, I don't know, people might like this less or more. Um, we've spoken, I've said it a couple times, but a guy like Patrick Cantley, like he's worth nothing to equipment manufacturers. He's worth zero. He's worth zero. Like, obviously he gets paid for it, but like, I don't know. They would probably rather give money to a YouTuber learning how that, to golf. That It's, it's funny because you say that because I was going to bring up the comparison. Do you think it would be in TaylorMade's best interest to give Patrick Cantley a bunch of money or the no laying up guys? No laying up. I agree. No laying up. Honestly, and if we, yeah, uh, yeah. And I feel like that's happened. I feel like that's happened. And if you like, I don't know, Pat, get the sales guy to start calling like Cobra Callaway. Yeah, if, if, if any uh, manufacturers, you, I'll be like Garth in Wayne's World wearing his all Reebok gear. If Cobra wants to sponsor the show, just boom, I'll, I'll shill your Cobra. Also, it would be Puma. Yeah, Pat, pu- I'm telling you. Team Puma, sure. By the time the end of the summer, you could show up at your country club with like a staff bag with your name on it. That'd be great. If your sales guy like wants to get on. Hey, I met the Puma rep when I went to Cabot. Huge fan of the show. If you're watching right now, get at me. We can work out some sort of deal where I'm always wearing Puma. You could during 100% the golf move. You could move more product than Nate Lashley. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's not even fair to Nate Lashley. Like, but I go lower on the PGA spectrum or higher, better player. Um, not saying Nate Lashley's getting equipment deals, but I- I'm just saying, yeah, these like they are finding they're sponsoring these like good, good guys. These grant. I don't know. All these golf lifestyle influencers are worth more to them than five pro players outside of like five or six pros. These lifestyle golf influencers are worth more to to the manufacturers right now. So if Puma wants to sponsor the Pat Mayo experience. Here's a deal that I can cut. You know, we'll work out the financials about that later on. I'll push some product for you, but I'll also go out and buy, you name your biggest rival as it for Puma. Maybe it is TaylorMade or maybe it's Callaway and I'll just buy Cust, those clubs, all that gear, and then take pictures of him using those clubs. So it works both ways. We'll influence it one way and then we'll get the anti-influence coming in the other way. And Cust will do it because he gets free stuff. Yeah, bro. Win-win. The point I want to circle a, back. We could to. do a we could do a cuss we could do a breaking ninety series. For some days it's breaking a hundred, but we could we could run the series. Yeah, if we just need to get some equipment and we'll be good to go. The on location some player equipment. improvement. Oh, send me some fresh player improvement irons. Like, let's go. <laughs> the same guy. It happened like three or four times, and it wasn't just to me. It was with the other guy that we were playing with as well. Like, you know, you leave a shot short, you're in, you know, the 
not the thick of a U.S. Open rough, but you're in rough trying to chip it up to the hole, trying to get an up and down. And like every time that the ball was hit, like from the rough, just like it's got to check. I finally turned to it at one point, like it's a very calm voice, like it's in the rough. It's not going to check. <laughs> like you got to stop saying it. <laughs> you're killing me here, man. You know like that you called him Azinger. <laughs> like, he, well, he kind of looked like Azinger too, so that probably wasn't helping. But like, just the unnecessary commentary is just destroying me. If anyone ever plays with me and wants to get in my head, do that because I will lose my fucking mind the entire time, just raging in silence. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like you said, at least with a friend, you have the equity to be like, "Shut the fuck up, you piece of shit." Like, get, like, yeah, you have the equity to do it. But you, I, and then he can realize I'm being an asshole. But, but you, you held it in. You, you know Instead that feeling, of though. His day awkward, your whole day was awkward. Yeah. So, so I just left. I pulled the adult move, just didn't say anything, went home and spent time with my kids. But you know the, like, when you're trying to put like a feather touch on a chip and you just hit it way too hard. <laughs> and you're like, okay, that's that might go off the back of the green or just like it's a terrible chip that you've hit. Yeah, again, way too hard. You don't need. You feel shitty enough after you hit it. Yeah, I I've many failed feathered chips, um, like Rory. Yeah, times. Let's move to. I, I will call this the shootout swing of the PGA Tour. We had Travelers, Rocket Mortgage, and John Deere. Uh, it's sort of a lull. I don't think it's as big of a lull as you mentioned after the Open Championship where we get, although I really like the Wyndham, and I like 3M too. I mean, I like all these tournaments. I'm going to be into them. I and mean, for betting purposes, they're the same numbers. We can bet on them. Maybe these ones are easier. Who knows? But do you like this course, Detroit Country Club? <laughs> I don't care much um, for it. The first year we were here, Nate Lashley won as a Monday quality, right? That, that was it? Yeah, he was first-round leader and wasn't listed on the first-round leaderboard and was first. He went wire to wire as a Monday quality. Was he even available in DraftKings that week? I don't Probably believe, not. I don't believe that he was, so the winning lineups were all super wonky. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, no, again, this is part of the season where, like you said, like I'll, I'll do cringe. I'll embarrass myself. I will be a below an okay dad during major season like on a big week a major week but weeks like this like i am literally at my family's service um i don't even remember see it watching the course outside of the last hours on sunday if the event mattered i full disclosure i i remember bryson running train at this course with Matthew Wolf trying to make some putts and it just never came through. And then I remember the Cam Davis chip in because he beat Neiman and someone else in the playoff. Uh, and I had Neiman that week. So that was a lot of fun. A lot of people had Cam Davis at big odds <laughs> that year too. Yeah. And then last oh, year, yeah. who won it last year? Fina. Maybe I did. Fina. I did hit Cam Davis here. Yeah, you so, did. Yeah, hit, and this was the either the first of the Finau wins or the second of the back-to-back Finau wins. But he won this in Minnesota as well. So you know, we've seen Lashley and Cam Davis win, and then Bryson and Tony Finau win. The one thing that I really noticed looking back at the stats and just observing this course, got to be good off the tee. Uh, very rarely, it just seems like you can drive the ball as far as you want with very little penalty. Uh, the rough is up in some places, but it's not prohibitive. So if you're not good off the tee, it's going to take a very special irons and putting week in order to get it done here. I'd rather go with the path of least resistance and take the good off the tee guys. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of what has built itself 
out here. It's what it's shown. And even if you didn't know, just by um, being on golf Twitter, it's like um, bombers only signs on everyone's articles or, or previews, it seems. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So the top odds this week, they've actually adjusted a lot from when they opened this morning, but Finau remains the betting favorite at 12-1. to 1. Then you got Ricky, JT, and Morikawa all at 14-1 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Max Homa is 18-1. to 1. Hideki's at 20. Tom Kim and Sungjae are at 22. And Keegan, coming off the win, is 28-1. to 1. And the only guy in the 30s is Cam Davis, who won two years ago, 35-1. to 1. 
I'll just be straight with you. I found a 15. They Fowler opened at 18 on DraftKings, and I missed it. And then I saw, then I saw a 15, and I, I bet Fowler at 15 to 1. This is the spot we've talked about for ages. Uh, I know that he's in bed with Rocket Mortgage, so maybe he has too many sponsor obligations. But this just is very reminiscent of Jason Day at Byron Nelson. It feels like the win is coming. Let's get them to a weaker field. Well, this field is pretty strong, frankly, for a non, for a major elevated event, Canadian Open elevated event before that. This might be the last one that they're playing before they get to the Scottish or even the Open Championship. But this field is a lot stronger than I remember these fields being. I definitely. When I saw commercials watching the Thursday-Friday coverage of this tournament, and they were showing, like, JT's face and Ricky and Colin, like, doing a voiceover, I was like, is this a mistake? Like, are they airing the wrong faces? I don't get it. And then the field came out Friday. I was like, wow, I guess obviously Golf Channel knew. The, uh, you could see who's committed. I never checked their Twitter feed or website. So, yeah, that's a lot of words to say there were more names here than I thought. I hope you hit a winning bet. I haven't jumped on. At this point, Ricky's playing great. I've never bet him. Does he need my money to to lift him over the finish line? No. I hope you get there. I'm just don't think I'm going to be there. The shortest thing I'm staring at is is uh one of the Asians, like H- 22 to 1s. You want Hideki? Like, you want Hideki then? Yeah, that would be one that that seems I mean, he's been striking it beautifully. Obviously, there's so many variables with him it seems like when it comes to potentially winning at the moment, but he is just striking it just so gorgeous and outside of insanely horrific putting weeks at majors he's actually been fine and um yeah the ball striking continues to be finau-esque but i say that as like the most complimentary thing so we're not going backwards ever here's the issue that with Hideki and maybe this gets rectified this week you're I wouldn't say that the ball striking is on point the approach no the approach play is on point you know 5.6 last week 8.6 at the U.S. Open 4.1 at the PGA Championship 5.1 at the Byron Nelson 2.2 at the Memorial but the driving has been bad since he hurt himself like he gained last week but that's a super short course he gained at the PGA Championship, which by and large was more of an accuracy course than a distance course where you were going to gain strokes off the tee. And if bombing really comes into it here, he has not played well at the places where you just go full full rip with the driver. He's losing to the field in those events. So that worries me a little bit. It's the same problem I have with Finau is that this time last year, and maybe, listen, we know that Hideki can get it back together at a moment's notice. Maybe this is the week. And I would say the same thing for Finau, but you go look at his driving stats, they're bad. Um, you make some very fair, fair points there. And it does seem like when Hideki has to really throttle back and get the most out of it, I don't know, you worry about maybe that's when he like hurts himself or when the neck injuries can flare up. Um, I will say I have zero concern about injury though, having said that, and maybe that's an unfair thing to say about Hideki. Things can always happen, but he's not playing his third week in a row if he's not feeling well. Oh, I would agree like he, with you. I would completely agree with you on that. I'm just saying that since he was dealing with the neck problems, like the driver has kind of gone into the tank. So maybe it's an adjustment. Maybe he can't turn exactly the way he doesn't feel comfortable making the swings because the irons are no problem. Like the irons are better than they've ever been. So it could be a, men- uh, it could be a mental thing trying to rehab your way back from injury. And uh, moving along the um, Pacific Rim for a moment, 
into Korea. It was nice to see Sung Jae start to do things because it seemed like he'd been in a real funk for um, and for him, right? Three or four missed cuts, including the majors and a 40th at Memorial. Well, I guess he had such a shitty son shows up. He's 29th at the Travelers. Jesus, talking about this guy like I thought he just top 10 or something. Yeah, I'm trying to see where, um, did, where did it go off the rails for I'm trying to say, I guess Friday you bat off the tee. Other than that, like he was pretty good. He putted very poorly on Sunday. He lost 2.3 strokes on Sunday, so that really dropped him down the leaderboard. It was nice to see him rebound a little bit. Like he had been objectively terrible in the tournaments preceding that. So at least he's moving back up the right way. Yeah, and he was objectively awesome in the lead up to the ter- tournaments he was horrible in, like the players, Wells Fargo, uh, Heritage. I know those are uh, different uh, potpourri of what what it takes to to be successful at those courses, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is um, an an all or nothing birdie fest. No, he seems like he could be could be in play, but hard to trust. I don't know that I'm going to bet anyone under thirty to one now that we've kind of talked through it. I did I did that last week and made my top play Fleetwood at forty to one. That was not a success. He missed the cut on the not number. a success, but in terms of process, it was like I don't know, guy the hundred eighty to one one. So I don't know what to say. Yeah, I went down and then to the Chez right part. at three hundred that everyone was outing was in second. That's true. And then his then he stopped gaining three strokes a day on the greens, and it went the other way, and that was the end of old Chez Reeve. But Thomas, I think, is the very interesting one. I'm just going to ride the form with Fowler. Like that's kind of just recent form. He's been hot. This is a great spot for him. We oh, Again, we always bemoan how he basically doesn't play non-elevated events or majors. He's always just playing against the very best guys in the world. And I think the last two times that he hasn't done that, he's come inside the top 10. And this seems like a spot where he would be really good. This is the best that he's been playing. So why not now if it's ever going to happen? I, I saw a few people say, it's like, well, you know, he's saving the win for the Open Championship. It's like, well, fuck it. Yeah. I'd, rather, I'd rather play him here than at the Open Championship where he's going to probably yeah, be like 25 to 1. <laughs> saving the win for the Open. Um, okay, so as you've sort of said that, and I'm staring at the odds board and like, do I want to bet Cam Smith? And it's almost like by default, there's really not people there's so few people I actually think about wanting to bet that maybe it is easier to bet Ricky Fowler at that number. Cause you're not even like being called to other names. So um, I, I would say for the, your money in the, some respect, the, the ones that you can kind of come to, I think Justin Thomas, I mean, the, the putter was still a problem and the driver was a problem. Two of the four rounds, the approach play was immaculate. And you just saw the low rounds that are still in there. So, I mean, the putter got better. He only lost 1.3 strokes on the green instead of four, like he had been doing uh, in previous weeks, just in two rounds. So it seems like he's starting to get the ship righted. But if you feel comfortable fading him, Morikawa would be the other one who had just had a disastrous day one at the Travelers then had like the third best round of the week on Friday and missed the cut on the number. (laughs) Yeah. um, Will he lack popularity, at least maybe in betting, because everyone seems to be like on this bomber's mindset this morning or probably through the betting process of the week? Yeah, I, I don't know how I, I don't know how people are going to feel about him. Honestly, I, I just assume that Ricky's going to be the bet that everyone gets on. And I guess, you know, the week everyone like everyone, self-included, like jumps on to Morikawa last week. And it would just be so perfect for him to end his winning streak the week after as a community People were like, no, it's time, Colin. 
Let's go, buddy. Uh, this week with nobody. As for JT, if I was a guy who like been riding him, and I know you know you had fun with your fifties or sixties, or maybe even there was a sixty-five, seventy out there past week, Pat. Um, might be hard to swallow this number, but if you've been riding him, waiting for it, then I think I'd argue I saw enough. If you're a JT guy, to be like, I gotta stay on this thing. I am not. I will not be betting it. Hopefully, I'd love to see a good player on their winning streak this week. It'll cost me money, though, because I think I'm just betting bad players. I mean, hopefully not for a lot of money. That That's a way you can do it. The best of these guys, as it pertains to the past 24 rounds and like the I went through this on the research show, like the abbreviated model that I did. That's basically just approach from 150 in driving distance and off the tee and then putting from five to 20 feet because it's going to be a shootout three of the four winners of this course have been sub minus 20 so if you're not going to putt you're not going to win that's essentially what it boils down to Fowler is the best in the field Keegan is second Ben Ann is actually third and that's even with disastrous putting stats and that's Cam Davis it's like Cam Davis 40 I'm sure a lot of people have been staring at it you know, as high as you can get. I think there's an enhance to the 40. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I I need more than what I'm getting to bet Ben in. Although I'd be so happy for him. It'd be great. Maybe I say that a lot. I'd be happy for the guy. I don't know. I bet for fun. So it's easy for me to be happy for characters when they win golf tournaments. Like, I can get over it. I'm especially seeing... when all my be- especially when all my bets died on Thursday. <laughs> it's actually really easy. Just be happy for a guy winning on Sunday. Um, I just can't. This num. It just doesn't. If I, I can't bet Ben Ann at this number. But every I've run two models. He's been. He's like in the top five on both. But I don't want to bet him at fifty-five to one. I'm seeing 61. an enhancement of Keegan Bradley up to forty. We've seen this happen. Guys just go back to back. Xander did it last year. Finau did it last year. Why not Keegan Bradley? Okay, the only thing I would say against it, Pat, is he literally just won a half major. Like, if this was some other event, Keegan won. That's great. Let's ride it. He literally, it's like Nick Taylor out of Canada, Wyndham out of a U.S. Open. Keegan out of a Travelers, by Travelers, I mean his home event at an elevated paycheck. <laughs> like, I, I, you're right. In theory, you're right. But I don't know, man. Those are those are stars aligning that I, I might just fade out of principle, but it sounds like it could be an expensive fade on my part. Homa is at 18. Tan Kim is at 22. I'm fine with letting those guys go. Yeah, I mean, I like both of them. If they win, whatever. Um, so yeah, I guess that moves us on to 30 to a hundred to one. I have some names highlighted, but a lot like you, it's not that I feel like the price is too steep. It's just, I don't know if I want to start peppering this range with like Taylor Moore's 60 to one Hoagie's 55 Harmon's 45. That's cuss one and done by the way, Brian Harmon this week. Straka has been steamed down to 50 to one all of a sudden. So that's interesting. Chris Kirk just seems kind of lost. And then the guys that I actually do like Smalley at 60, Aberg at 60, Ben Ann at 55, or Spawn at? I like Spawn this week. Spawn 75, I'll probably do that. That's kind of it. Kevin Yu is back. S.H. Kim pops everywhere. He's at 90 to 1, but Eckroat's at 80 on DraftKings. That's probably like an auto bet for mostly everyone. I'll probably get in on that as well, but 
I don't know. I don't feel great about any of these guys. Don't feel great about any of them. Am I just supposed to like not watch golf and just bet Aberg and Eckrout? Like I wouldn't. I don't know. Harris English, I'd argue, Pat, the way he's playing the 40 to 1 could be enticing, man. The guy is coming around bigly at the moment. I mean, I, I bet him last week. He did not come around at the Travelers Championship. I can tell you that much. Yeah, but that was like off the everyone playing him. I didn't play him. I am tempted to maybe get in on this 40. Okay. I, I That's I, the one. Um, that's like him and Cam Davis would be as short as I would start my card, and I don't think I'd be alone if my card is starting with Cam Davis. Do worry. He feels perfect. He feels popular. That will never end, never end well. But, hey, it's fun to – I like clicking during the show and then end the show and see everyone else bet him. It's not the greatest feeling. Let's see. D-Tree rates out really well. Knew he would. I knew he would. He, I knew I was going to get suckered he, in is, here. Is he European? We always said that EVR was European Luke List. Is is Thomas Dietrich just European Luke List? Okay, I would always call him European Finau, <laughs> but Finau actually became a winner. So maybe, yeah, like, and, and Finau is probably way too high of a compliment. But what I meant by that is the guy would always be around the top, and it didn't matter if it was these super strong – you can laugh at that, you know, because maybe those don't exist. But back in the day, they did European tour events. Or if it was like the biggest loser pillow fight European tour event, you would just be right there at a live number of like plus 400 on Sunday, but like always lose, always lose, continues to lose. Um, but I knew everyone's talking bombers. I knew there's not a chance in hell I'll probably be able to resist him. And I have to bring it up because of what he did here last year, which pretty much started his run to the President's Cup, would be Pendy. Pendrith. You doing- he has not been that sharp, but he hasn't been horrible either. He's just been kind of lollygagging in the middle. So can you ask for a spike? You can ask for it. Will I get it? Probably not because I suck. When do you think the last time he finished inside the top 25 was? God, I don't have a clue. I want to say, and you... I'm happy I stopped betting him a while ago, but it's probably been forever. Pebble Beach. Wow. Would not have guessed that far back. Yeah, he's just... Um... Okay, I'm opening it. Holy shit. He's been bad. He's been really bad. Like, yeah, he just... My God. Okay. He's, a sh- he's weirdly, when you look at it, kind of a short course specialist. He had his one result here that was really good. He was second at the Rocket Mortgage, but like Pebble Beach, the Players, the Wyndham Championship, Wyndham. Honda, yeah. Barbasol, that the Bermuda Open where he came fifth and he was leading after fifty-four holes two years ago when Lucas Herbert won. Like I don't know you yeah. see like you, but you see like the run up. Even when you just open Fantasy National and look at his stats page off the tee, he went on this run before he was hurt, after he was hurt, and came back and then really got hot. You know. 3.8 off the tee, 5.3 off the tee, 2.4 off the tee, 3.2 off the tee. Just look at his numbers off the tee. He's gained more than one stroke off the tee like three times in his past 13 starts. He's probably hitting a drive, and then there's a guy in his playing group being like, gotta get left, and he's like fucking freaking out. I get it. <laughs> 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 
Um, yeah, and he was playing well in 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 Canada, and then he found a big hiccup. Obviously, yeah, he came. Yeah, I mean, he was playing. 65th. Yeah, he came sixty fifth. Yeah. Like, yeah, he had a great week yeah. though. What did he finish again? Dead last. He had a great week though. Yeah, no, he was like inside the. He was, yeah. And that was a short course. He was showing life, and something obviously horrible happened to him. But you're right. You're right. I'm. You're right. This is a. Because I'm sure I'm not the only one who'd be like, ah, I made a lot like long hitter, second last year. Let's see, Pendrith, oh, 100 to one. Let's look at that. At, at Just his, make sure you look at it. Make sure you open this up. Because thank you, Pat. I opened it up. And listen, he's gonna win. He's gonna win now. But I think that everything you say is valid about what his upside is and what his like primary skill set is. I mean, it's not that he's Bryson, but he'll he can put the lights out when he putts well. Like he's someone who can have these spike putting weeks that we just talked about with Keegan Bradley, and he can gain off the tee. When Bryson won here, he led all players off the tee and all players in putting. Didn't really do anything else in between. Those are the two things that he did well. Pendrith can do that. It's just I don't see, like if you bet it, you're just saying here is the baseline skill set that I want, and I just don't think 100 to 1 right now is enough. Oh, shoot. What happened? Nothing. Oh, my you okay? There's no way. You can't just cat- somewhere. I might have had an appointment that I'm missing right now, but there's no chance in hell I book an appointment on a Monday morning. So they're probably just confirming a future appointment. Ah, that's smart. I never book stuff on a Monday morning. There's just not a chance in hell. It's like my one. I can make other times work in the week with a, a little bit of notice, but Monday morning it's like dead. No, no. I'm not available for you. Did I tell you? I Cust, didn't book an appointment. C- Cust is taking a one-week vacation, victory lap. <laughs> I was wondering how he, that's how he was rewarding himself. He's using vacation days. Well, he went on a vacation. But it wasn't planned. No, I think it was planned beforehand. Oh. So, I mean, yeah, he called his number. He planned the vacation knowing he could be. And that was the great takeaway, Pat, of... You know, he's like all about the credit and the credit's worth more than the money. But as you pointed out, now like now he's going on a vacation. It would be nice to have a few extra hundred thousand dollars in your not a hundred thousand, but even if you want to bet small, yeah. to have a few hundred or a few thousand dollars in your account to, you know, maybe spend on something like a vacation. Like that's why you make the bet, buddy. Well, I told him like there's a direct flight from here to Frankfurt, Germany. I was like, why don't you just go to Frankfurt? It's like not super expensive. And then he was like, oh no, that's way too much money. And he ended up going to Portland, Maine. And I went and looked at like the hotels in Portland, Maine, just to see like what the comp cost was. You can stay in a castle in Frankfurt for like 300 bucks a night Canadian. And in Portland, to have, like, one of, like, the five best hotels in Portland, Maine, it's, like, 900 bucks a night right now. My wife keeps talking about Portland, Maine. Uh, Maine. Well, it's close, right? Why don't it's you just come here? And... Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Yeah, I said maybe come there. And, I mean, I haven't spoken to you about it, but in my head, I have this idea where we go out there for a little vacation, maybe around the open. And go to Cabot? I'll stay, and I'll stay back. And like, we'll do a, like, she'll come for a few days. We'll do a thing and then she'll go home and then I'll be there for some content and golf and I'll stay a little longer and we'll do a thing. But that's just in my head. Do it, do it that week. Come up the week before with your wife and enjoy the province. You can hang out with my, me and my wife, with Paul, whoever, with Cust. And then uh, we'll record our stuff on Monday. 
Tuesday and Wednesday. Maybe I can even do a late Tuesday record with Tambo uh, to have that go for Wednesday, and then we can go up to Cabot for Wednesday and Thursday. That's like the germ in my head. So yeah, maybe we just spoke it into. Maybe we just spoke it into existence. Um, I don't remember where we were. We're on still this we're, betting. We're, we're still in the thirty to hundreds. I got Smalley, Eckroat, and Spawn eighty eighty eighty. Might be able to find a better number on Spawn. Uh, Spawn's ball striking wasn't great last week, but it's been improving. Uh, he was good here last year, and when I on the research, I'm glad I opened up his profile too. Uh, the putter has been disastrous for him recently, but he is crushing these greens three of the four times that he's played on them. And oh, and Aberg. I'm just. I think I'm just going to bet Aberg. To, to bet him. I th- think that he's good. And when I talk to Epat tomorrow, I'm going to make a case for if if the Do it. if the I want it. if the Euros are legitimate underdogs, then you have to take him. Like have fun taking Patty. If Patty Harrington picks himself, I'd rather pick this guy. Yes, it is Luke Donald, but I literally oh, yeah, had right. the thought on the weekend also. They should take him. Just pick him. Like Who cares. The system, the system Pat like it lost a lot of oomph because of live. And we don't know how that's going to really play out. And not that those guys would be on the team. Anyway, I would use this opportunity. If it's a question of like these randos in Europe that we like, we like, we like betting on them. We like losing money on them. We like winning money on them, but for the future, you take this guy like you, I've already, I'm going to lose money on him for a long time. Because I watched him play in front of my eyes at Oakdale. And I've said it again. The sound he made when I watched him will maybe be the most expensive sound that I've ever heard in my life (laughs) because of how much money I'm going to keep investing in this guy. I don't know if the numbers fair with these players in the field, but people are saying bombers only. And I heard this guy make a sound with his driver that I have not heard other golfers make. So based on my affinity for him, um, and the fact that I bugged him twice for a picture because I looked like I had a stroke in the first one, we're in. Like, I'm in. 60 to 1, Aberg, let's go. That's the only bet I've actually made today. So if it, it comes down to it, like, when you look at the back end of this team, like, I think Moronk is on the team for sure. But if it comes well, to that. We want at the course. Yeah, and listen, he's won three times in the past year. Like, you, you take the guy. He's good. If it comes down to, like, the Hoyguards or Yannick Paul, just fucking take this guy. Yeah. Like, for me, like, the case I like to make for Lara Thobel because he's a good short game, no, fuck off. You bring this guy. Well, when did did Rom Rom first get on the team? Because I'm sure this discussion happened around Rom when he was, like— Rom had already won. His, no, no, he— I think it was, like, the, the years worked where he was already a winner. Okay. Like— if that makes any sense. There was never a debate, I feel. Like, it wasn't even like this. He was just on the team. And there wouldn't be, if this, if the if the Ryder Cup was next year, he would be on the team. It's just he's so new to the scene. But you know, he said, like, their back end is kind of weak. If you can take a guy who projects to potentially be the number one player in the world, just take him now. Make that bet. Take him now. Give him the experience. And then we'll be on, where are we, whistling on a bomber's paradise? No, on we, a perfect course they, they fit just, for they, him? They just played Whistling Straits. Oh, not Whistling. Uh, Beth Page? We're, we're in New York. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. My fault. I just knew it was a bomber's course. Uh, um, yeah. Well, come on. Get him the reps. Even in an L. I don't care. I, I think for team building, for future prospects, 
it's not the same as the Americans bringing Scheffler without a win because he had just had such a great year and he really did show himself in majors. It's very different, but I agree with you. If you're such an underdog to begin with, then there's an opportunity to use to use the week for him for the future for the glory of Ryder Cup Europe. I know this is going to be a difficult question for you to answer, but if it comes down to it, are you taking Aberg or Dietrich? Because I don't even think that's conversation to be had. Not close. Dietrich can't. Cl- not close. <laughs> like if it's a quit, you take the guy who has the future upside, who you want him there. Let him freaking feel it. And I know it's corny, but remember, like the one before Scheffler was on or something, they said they he was there as like a fan just watching. No. Like, instead of Aberg having a fan experience, just let him fucking in the locker room. You can hide him. You can hide the 12th man. You're going to have to hide the loser 12th man anyway. May as well be him. You'll watch him embarrass himself now for a month of golf. But Yeah. Yeah, listen, he needs, he needs to play well between now and the FedEx Cup to get on this team. But I just I think it's a live conversation. He's going to go to the John Deere at 20 to 1, Pat. Right? Probably. Unless he 25 goes, to 1? Unless there's something over in Europe, unless he decides to play the Irish instead of the John Deere. If he wants to, I'm sure he's a lot like he can be invited anywhere he wants to put a tee in the ground. Well, if, um, if he yeah. actually wants to be on the Ryder Cup team, that's actually super sharp to go play the Irish because it's a Rolex series event, which are worth like super points in European Ryder Cup. Yeah, or maybe, but winning like the shittiest PGA field of the year could be a great opportunity too to sort of get you the same equity, but less. You know what I mean? Kind of like yeah, but it, but off. if he plays the Irish, he doesn't have to lose to Michael Kim. He can just win that one. <laughs> Michael Kim thirty-five to one next week. Get ready for it. Ten people. to one, Michael Kim. I'm betting it. So Aberg, Smalley, Eckroat, Spawn. I'll make a decision on probably three of those guys. Jagger and Justin Suh. Also kind of made the short list for me. S.H. Kim was another one who just rates out really well. Um, But I don't think that I can get there with S.H. Kim. Although I think that he's in that 100 to 1 range where maybe he's not. Maybe if he's 200 to 1, I will bet him. Where is he here? S.H. Kim. I see him. He's 90, 100, 110. Yeah, no no thank you on that one. Uh, The other one who rated out really well was Vince Norman. Dude can't putt, but just he has every other skill that you would want here. Yeah, it's definitely going to bring him up. I don't know that I'm betting him, but I think he's going to be a darling just based on profile. And I've seen his name show up on other on um, people I respect betting cards. Not this week. I haven't seen any still pretty early, but just in the past. So this feels like a better course fit than where people have been betting him before. I knew we would see him Um, like you look at his numbers. They're essentially Luke list numbers like off the tee great driving distance great wedge game great he doesn't rank better than 94th in this field in any of the putting stats yeah it's tough you're gonna still need to make a lot like even keegan the guy's walking in 15 footers on friday for like an hour period he's walking in four straight putts all over 10 feet to vince norman like obviously the field isn't as strong but like you are going to have to have those moments of white hot to win at this score, right? Yeah, you're not getting to minus 26 if you're not making putts. It's as simple as that. That's why I kind of like Ricky. I, I, at least I know Ricky can putt. Ricky. 
Like well, Fi- Finau, and it's not, up. and that's not to say it can't flip the other way. Like Finau is not historically a great putter, but when he wins, he puts well. It's not like he always puts poorly. But Morikawa has been in the tank. Thomas has been in the tank. Hideki's been in the tank on the greens. At least Ricky is the one guy who consistently puts well. Even Homa's gone gone the other way. Yeah, no, you bring up good points of all of those uh, like names and the ones you have to pay the premium for. He's got that edge. What, you mentioned Straka's number crumbling. Was there a number you liked or you were looking at and you missed? And no, I, I didn't. I, cause I had considered Spawn and not Straka, so it, it, he had popped up a few times and stuff that I was looking at. But it's not like he's he's just really good off the tee. I guess that's why people are going for him. Like outside of you want to talk about like weird spike weeks. We always talk about spike putting weeks. Somehow Straka just has spike approach weeks. He loses the majority of the weeks with his irons, but when he gains, gains seven at the Memorial, over 10 at the PGA Championship, four at Valero, seven at Honda, and almost six at Century. Other than that, it's like minus one, minus two, minus 0.6. It's usually like slightly below average to really bad unless he's the best in the field. So I get why you would want to bet on someone like that because... He's putting well, he's chipping well, and the driver's been really good. If you can just match that up with one of his really good iron weeks, he's more than alive to win. Yeah. Um, And you mentioned Jaeger. That's a guy who's been, like, loitering with some good golf for a while now. T5 at this tournament last year, too. Yeah, so he's probably on, like, the best overall run of his pro career. Now he's going back to a course where, I mean... I'm not going to pretend to be some Jagger stand, but like to remember where his great form started, but probably like his favorite moment, like his best pro result. Well, PGA result. Yeah, he did shoot a 58 on the Corn Ferry Tour once, but yes, he was fifth at the Rocket Mortgage last year. Previous to that, he was sixth at the Wells Fargo like a month before. Yes, fewer top tens than you'd think for a guy who's been kind of consistently around. Like how, guess, how, how, but- how, how many top tens do you think he has this year? No, you're right, and I opened it now, so I would be cheating. The, um, the answer is none. No, you're right, the answer is none. <laughs> but he does just seem to, like, for a couple moments, be playing really well in really strong events, I would say. Like, I'm I'm acknowledging where my perception probably comes from, but he's another guy. Like, is he going to get the white hot to to get to the 25 under? Um, he can hit it to five feet all week. He's I've seen him get white hot approach yeah and the putting has been better he had lost on the greens in 10 straight events at the beginning of the year and at least he's gained in three of his past five now he did lose seven last week wow. at the traveler so that's not great but if i okay the most he's gained is 4.4 6.2 in houston over the swing season it was a much better putter starting actually at this tournament last year he gained 5.1 at this event then set off a streak of gaining on the greens in eight straight weeks we saw that with grio earlier during the swing season as well that all of a sudden he just, he stopped losing five strokes a week on the green he was a positive putter until it went back the other way again and then he ended up getting the win later on Maybe Jagger is someone to look at. I, I like him. If he wins, like, I know that Yannick Paul is being discussed for on the team, but if it, it was between you and it came down to the two Germans, wouldn't you just take Jagger over Yannick Paul? Like, he's doing it on the better tour. He's not winning, but he's yeah. just playing better. And that's, like, the the debate you often have is how to quantify some of these Euros who we like, who, you know, win us money or don't win us money, but give us sweats um, to make us think they're pretty good. Detri's been doing it to me for a while. 
I see a lot of our friends are like in on, on Yannick Paul pretty hard. But to your point, yes, yeah, Steven Yeager's probably the better golfer um, by virtue of where he plays and that he's consistently like middle of the road PGA Tour golfer. I don't know that Yannick Paul's ceiling is that. Maybe that's unfair to Yannick. There's another guy you brought up who I was looking at. Um, he's playing horrible. And I thought there'd even be a bigger number for how poorly he's played, but so few guys have wins this year in Luke, that part of the board. Is it Luke List? No, it's Taylor Moore. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like he had his moment. I mean, I'm auto-betting Batia because I do that every week. But other than that, like the, the two that I wanted to give the most love to down at the bottom, Carson Young just is playing good guy. He's better than Cameron Young right now. He's so tiny. He doesn't hit the ball very far. He's not a bomber, put it that way. Like, I saw a video of JT. Uh, it was like Woodland congratulating Fowler on his 10-under round on Saturday. And Woodland's, like, arm almost took off Carson Young's head because he's so tiny and he almost walked through it. Uh, that was a weird explanation. But, you know, listen, I saw Eric Cole in person. Guy like 120 pounds soaking wet yeah because jay like I, I was trying to explain to someone the other day like rory driving the ball they're like man rory's i don't get how he drives the ball so it's like i i don't get it either because rory is essentially my size like almost like to the t height weight whatever it is obviously he's in better shape than me but like i i just don't get how he can hit the ball 150 yards farther than i can <laughs> like that that's so um, much how much form can come into it just he's the best and I would say to both of your like super long shot here suggestions in Batia and Carson Young, oh, I trust them. Batia is just a just a FOMO bet. He's like the old Luke List. The other one I was going to bring up was Crazy Carol Wan. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so Crazy Carol's twenty first in driving distance. Not great off the tee, but you don't have to hit a ton of fairways here. So he's great in driving distance, uh, and he can putt from inside 15 feet. And, like, he used to fill it up on the Corn Ferry Tour. This feels like a Corn Ferry event. Yeah, and that's sort of why I was like, I don't know if, if it's Baccia can can shoot a nine under, feels like, if it's out there, as well as um, you know, outside of anyone who isn't the top guys. And his tee to green has been outstanding. And Carl Jan and another one, I don't know, mash and go get it. But Bacha's like um, his approach, Pat, like it's been pretty freaking solid. Yeah, just don't look at his putting splits. Yeah, but in, in, unless he's don't... unless he's playing in the tropics, it's not so hot. Like the two times that he's actually gained strokes putting this year was at Corrales. Puerto Rico and Mexico. <laughs> he likes those slow past Palom Greens. We'll say I wasn't even looking at Baccia's. Uh, that was someone else's page. That's where the fat thumb will get you. Because I was shocked. I'm like, he hits the ball that well? <laughs> I mean, Baccia does. I, I don't know. Well. That's a, yeah, you got a Baccia's. For peace of mind, Pat's betting Bacha is what he's saying. Exactly. So quick picks and one and done for the week. I mentioned that Cust is taking Herman in the one and done. Uh, if I haven't used Ricky, I'll probably use Ricky. 
Let's see, have I used Ricky? I have not. I'll use Ricky. Um, I'm shocked you didn't. I'm sorry, I'm going off script. I'm shocked you didn't mention Bez. You usually mention him in these shitty events. Like yeah, but I, I'm tr- I'm trying to get better. Okay, yeah. I guess if you're betting Ricky, maybe there's just less names. Yeah, um, I mean, it went, he's at 15 to 1. There's only so many guys I can bet. And the only one I'm really committed to after him is Aberg and Batia at 100 and something to 1. Maybe that's it. I mean, that's all I do this week. Trying to find that bet. I mean, I got wiped out last week, except for that bet that I brought up, the under over 62 players. I crushed that. <laughs> yeah, as you said, you would. You yeah. called that from go. That was, that was shit. That was... I, I are they gonna players under par this week? Yeah, so now it's adjusted to over seventy four. I mean, it's it's over seventy four at plus one ninety. Okay, let me look. I back know you at, went to, and, and I did find out that players who miss the cut but finish under par do count. Not that it mattered last week because everyone finished under par except for one guy on the weekend. But if the cut, what, what's the past cut line here? It's went down. The past few years because you can but although the winning score is like minus 26 which is kind of crazy to think about and this is a pretty bad field yeah the last two years the winning score has been or the cut line has been minus two so you get all your minus ones stuck in there how many guys finished under par last year in this field as we said is probably a little bit better um so everyone who made the cut finished under par so that was 75 guys then you had a bunch of guys on the number who just missed. I have to go back and do some more research on this to go get a full look of it. But I don't know. I'll have to toy around with that one. I, if It ended up closing at minus 190 last week from the plus 115 from when we bet it. So I think that they're like actually paying attention to people regulating this market now. Maybe. Um, and that's with a lot of things. Like in, in what is essentially a niche sport, you find these numbers or you like can see a huge advantage and it might take the books a little to to catch on um but then i'm sure they notice the amount of action said bets are taking i know you asked for one and done but i'd be doing everyone a disservice if i asked why you didn't mention this guy one of your favorites who's playing really well pat 100 to 1 doug gim gim reaper is he yeah is he not like doing the things you again that you always bet him because he did no he's down to 100 to i bet him last week um and just even in the tournament last week, I think he ended up shooting minus 15 or something like that. He was really good. I just worry that, again, like if we're at a tournament where you're going to have to get into the 20s, like when was the last time he gained more than two strokes or three strokes on the greens? And like the, two the, and a half at the Heritage. That's great. He lost across the board tee to green. He, at the 3M Open last year, he gained 4.5. And that is the only time in his career outside of the Farmers in 2021 that he gained more than two and a half strokes on the greens. Like, he just can't. Maybe this is the week where he gets the putter solved and it, and it works for him. But I just don't see that being a successful strategy at this course. Like, let's just take a look at Rocket Mortgage last year. 
Rocket Mortgage last year, he lost 5.1 in a missed cut, gained 0.9 the year before that. But let's just take a look at the strokes gained of the leaders. And a lot of this is in my column up on DK Nation this week, too, when I take a look back at some of this stuff. Everyone inside the top 10 gained on the greens. 4.5, 4.6, 4.6, 3.4, 5.1, 2.3. Tom Kim at 0.8 was the highest finisher that didn't gain a boatload of strokes on the green. He gained 9.8 T to green, and he finished like 10 back. Wyndham Clark, four. JJ Spawn, six and a half. Matt Wallace, 5.3. Like, these are big putting weeks, and Gim just doesn't seem to have that in him. So we take a look back at the year previous, and we take a look at the leaderboard. Cam Davis was like the worst of the putters near the top. He still gained 3.1, 7.2, 5, 6.1, 4, 3.2, 0.2 for Bubba, 6, 7.3, 2.9. So a top 10 I could see with a shit putting week, a win, I just don't see it. That's the Doug Gim case or anti-case. When we get to a tournament that allows you a bit more flexibility where you don't have to just make every 15-foot putt or 9-foot putt, then yeah, I think he's more than alive because of the ball striking that's returned for him. But this is going to be a tough one for him. It's just like we talked about with Scotty at Scotty La- and Scotty's listen, Scotty's in a whole different tier, but think about the way that he is striking at T to green even at the Travelers, even at Byron Nelson, and he can't win in these birdie fests because he just doesn't make enough putts. Yeah, of course. It's hard. Harder for for him. And as you mentioned, look at the guys that were near the top last week. Like, they went white hot, like unconscious for extended periods of time. Chez, Keegan, Denny, all the guys with that late Sunday tea time. So, one and done for you. I got Ricky... Custez Harmon, who are you taking? I have it up in front of me in case you want to run some names by me. Yeah, I do. I'm going to go with Cam Davis. Okay. You have not used Cam Davis. I can assure you of that. So, boom, you were in on him. So, quick picks in the bets. I bet Ricky at 15 to 1. I'm going to bet Aberg at 65 to 1. And then after that, I'll have the final bets in the newsletter. But I'm toying around with Smalley, Eckroat, Spawn. Probably most definitely going to bet Spawn. Bati is an auto. Sir Jagger. I'm not going to get to all those guys, but Eckroat and Smalley do stick out. It might be Aberg, Smalley, Eckroat, Spawn, and Ricky, those five. Maybe Crazy Carl down at the bottom. Interesting. So I'll be on uh, I've Bet Aberg. That's the bet that is in for me. I'm staring at, if I get there at the very top, it would be Hideki, maybe Sungjae, but I definitely lean Hideki there. Obviously worry about the full throttle driver. Um, Cam Davis, the 40 to ones. I don't even know if they're still available as I'm talking to you. I hope that I can put my head down and see it. Um, yeah, we mentioned Aberg. Man, I, I could save a lot of money this week. I don't have that discipline. I'm betting Detry. I'm betting Detry. He keeps showing up. I have to trust him. Course fit for me and Detry. So yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Maybe Bez too. Because I feel like I've um, bet him at a lot of these shitty events, so maybe we try that putter one more time. I'm gonna say I, I would want, I would feel more confident with Bez next week. And, I mean, if we're if we're talking about driving distance, driving distance, great driving. Like he sucks off the tee. Yeah, that is that is very true. He's actually the worst. <laughs> I do like Taylor more, but if he's already had his moment, then maybe that's just a dead fish money. Hey, not hey, it's not dead fish money because you got your Taylor more money. Yes, love that. Um, very different ask, right? Valspar to here. 
I would think so, yes. I, I think it's a different type of course. Like, I probably would have, if I was going to bet him, I probably would have bet him last week. Even though this field is much weaker, you got a better oh. number in that crossover of the course. Good news, the Listener's League is now available. You can get that down in the description. I just got the email with the link, so boom. Might as well enter I like so few that. players this week. Uh, yeah, it could just be, like, by default, Cam Davis and Harris English after I didn't bet him, but so many people did last week. Uh, I think this type of course, I could work perfectly for him. Aberg, Detry, and yeah, I feel Eck Road 80. That's what everyone's got to do if it's still available. Do you think that when Aberg is on the Ryder Cup team, that he'll have like a Goldberg type entrance? Because I feel like we could do that. We could really make a push for that. Aberg. He's so like, honestly, he, he could be my new DJ. Man, like all, all you got, all, all you need to do is run into Jeff in real life and biggest fan alive. No, forever. he's like a tall, like he is just a tall drink of water. The way he just like walks that fairway after hitting it three forty, mm. he seems to hit it down the middle every time too, which is oh. a huge advantage. <laughs> oh my! I'm telling you, I walked with him for three holes. That might be the most expensive walk I'll ever go on in my life. No. I don't go on many walks. Look at me. But I mean, there's a chance that that walk costs me for a year and a half until I clue in. Well, that was a better, Whatever. better outcome for me. I just opened up the page and they're offering Ricky at 18 to one on an enhancement. So I cashed out my 15 at even money and bet the 18. <laughs> Hey, good for them. Why not? I saw Ricky and Justin. Were their offers today? Yeah, for me, it was Ricky and Keegan, but. I don't even see Ricky. No, no. I see Justin and Keegan, but maybe if I update it, it'll be Ricky. Um, I hope you win. I hope. Thank you. I won't even feel like I'm. I don't want to sound like Tim because there's other currency and the, the important one matters. But I will feel like as happy as people who want a lot of money if Ricky wins. I say that a lot, but I promise you it's true. All right, that'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. We got Eric Patterson coming on tomorrow to talk about how golf betting lines are actually constructed, plus Ryder Cup and all fun things golf. Join the listeners league down in the description, smash the like, and sub to Mayo Media Network on the way out. We'll be here all week, so please come back and join us. But until then... I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.